Welcome to the Veteran Founder Podcast on the Startup Radio Network. Starting a company allows you to be back in control. The weekly show that brings together military spouse and veteran founders who are doing remarkable things in the business world. I can't imagine there's anything out there stronger than the bond that military and veteran entrepreneurs have. We'll hear their story, the story of their business, and lessons learned. Joy can override the worries and depression. Here are your hosts, Carmen Nazario and Josh Carter. Welcome again to another hour of the Veterans Founder Podcast here on the Startup Radio Network. We spend an hour here every week talking about uh, veterans and military spouses and their entrepreneurial journey. Uh, I don't know. We've done eight. Of, this is eight or nine. I can't remember. I, I keep losing. Nine. Is it nine? I think next week we get a set of steak knives, which is exciting to me. I mean, you know, about time we we uh, we hit the the double digits here. But uh, you know, every week we bring in a, a great uh, a great. Uh, 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 I don't know, guests, person, amazing people on this week's No Different. Uh, I guess I should introduce, I haven't even introduced myself. I get, get so caught up in all of this. Uh, my name is Josh Carter of Patriot Bootcamp. Uh, my co-host, Carmen Nazario, is off this week, so she will be joining us next week. But with us this week is uh, Todd Connor of Bunker Labs, and i got to put this all into context for you folks. Uh, so I was a Techstars founder in 2016. I went to Chicago's Techstars. It was an amazing program. And I met Todd at this tiny little building called the Merch Mart. And I'm being very facetious because the Merch Mart's like 2 million square feet or something. It's fucking massive. Anyway, uh, Todd at the time was two years into this amazing little program called Bunker Labs. And uh, we got a chance to sit down and chat and he introduced us to a, to a couple of investors. But fast forward now and I'm, I'm helping to lead the, the Patriot Bootcamp program. And Todd has been such a great collaborator. So Todd, welcome to the program. Hey, Josh, good to be with you. And it's just excited. Yeah, excited to talk veterans and entrepreneurship and startups. So I'm going to do something I don't typically do, but your your background is so fascinating and I adore you uh, completely. But I, I want to read, <laughs> the, there's this last uh, paragraph in your bio that I think is just absolutely fascinating. And our audience would, would benefit from hearing this. So Todd Connor is a former management consultant, U.S. Navy veteran, and has, has uh, held many leadership roles in the public and private sector. He is a two-time entrepreneur and the founder of Flank 5 Academy, holds a BA from Northwestern and an MBA from the University of Chicago, previously served as a senior administrator at the Chicago Public Schools, and is the author of two books on leadership and personal strategy. He is, the, he is a commissioner of the Cook County Commission on Human Rights, was honored in 2015 by Crane Chicago Business 40 Under 40, winner of the Chicago Inno 50 on Fire Award, and is a 2016 Presidential Leadership Scholar, you fucking underachiever. <laughs> if you only saw what a degenerate I am in real life, you'd be really <laughs> shocked. <laughs> no, I absolutely, like I said, man, I absolutely adore you. I love what you're doing, and uh, I'm so excited for our audience to get to know who you guys are and who and what you're doing, because I think it's it's absolutely needed in the ecosystem, and uh, and you and I have had many, many conversations about uh, the ecosystem and, and how the veteran entrepreneurial space is uh, such a, 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 a sort of a chasm of shit. And uh, and having somebody <laughs> that's a thought leader and a leader like you has is, is been great. But uh, we're going to get all, to all of that. But first, I want people to understand Todd Connor, and I want to get to know Todd Connor. So let's talk about first your transition out of you know civilian life into 
the Navy, which I love that you're uh, a fellow Navy guy. So talk talk us through that that transition. Yeah. Um, well, let's see. So I joined the Navy, and it's this feels like forever ago. So I'm 39. Um, I joined the Navy when I was a freshman in college um, at Northwestern, and I think like like most people that joined the military. Um, I don't know. I mean, people get triggered for different reasons. I was a starry eyed freshman at Northwestern. I'd grown up in sort of, um, you know, the suburbs of Chicago, lived a pretty sheltered, um, protected life and felt like in college, like I really wanted to do something bigger than myself, broader than myself, something a little bit more adventurous. I, I was probably as prone to have joined the Peace Corps as I was to join the military, but I knew I wanted to do something different. And I met a guy on campus who was wearing a Marine Corps, you know, um, what is it? Midshipman? I don't even know. Yeah. Midshipman, a midshipman like uniform. And I stopped him. I was like, Hey, what is that? And he's like, this is the Marine Corps. I'm, I'm in college, but I'm in the Marine Corps. And then I'm going to be commissioned when I graduate. I didn't even understand what ROTC was. I'd never heard of it. I obviously understood the military, but not, not well. I'm not from a military family. And so, but I just got interested in that. And I went and I, to the ROTC unit on campus and I signed up and, um, and then like the rest is history, you know, like I got on scholarship, I started, you know, got the uniforms, was midshipman, got a haircut, went home, told my parents. <laughs> and um, and then, you know, went on and served in the military. But I think the only reason I tell the story that way is that I think the original instinct for me to join the military is very much, I think, part of the instinct to want to start businesses or sure. do anything adventurous because it's like, you know, I think people – that just think about veterans it's like that sounds like some kind of protected class but it's like but nobody joins the military because they want to be a veteran people right. join the military because they want to do something cool and different and and so i think that has sort of been lost in the public narrative and so um you know for me like that's why i joined is because i wanted to do something cool different scary and then uh and then that's why i've you know always like starting businesses because it's the same thing it's the it's the rush of People will tell me it's scary or stupid, um, but I think that there's something that should be done here, and let's do it. So that's that's how I joined. I you know, and then served um, 2000 to 2004, commissioned in 2000, served 2000 2004, got out, and uh, came back to Chicago, and y- you know, like did life. I mean, I went to business school and went into consulting, and then did that for a year, and then basically quit and started my own consulting business, and that was in 2008. And I've kind of been on my own since then, doing some stuff here and there, public sector. It, I, it's yeah, it's fascinating yeah. to me that you, you're you kind of blew through a lot of there. But what I want to, what I'm interested in is, what do you think uh, about your time in the military set you up for success as you started thinking about what your next step was going to be? Yeah, well, you know, I go, I go back to like sort of I think why people join the military because they want to do something adventurous. So I think that there's something, I believe that there's something innate in you, which is why you join. I believe that, um, so there's a condition that predates the military. Um, it's like, how did Harvard make you smart? It's like, well, you were smart and then you got into Harvard. And I think there's something about the military, which is like, you've got to be willing to do something adventurous um, or different uh, to, I think, want to join. And then I think within the military, you know, I think it's a real, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing when you think about what people in the military do. Like, you know, like I was a 25 year old officer leading a department, um, 
you know, like tons of responsibility. Right. And right. so I think for me getting out of the military and going back to civilian life, like it feels pretty unsatisfying. Cause you're like, it, there's no management challenge that's going to come even close to, I think the responsibilities that you have when you're in uniform. Yeah. Um, so I would describe it as like a little bit of a lingering resentment, like the civilian sector doesn't move as fast as it should move for me. Um, or like, I want to do bigger things because I've already done bigger things. Sure. And this all feels remedial compared to what I was doing on the U.S.'s Bunker Hill. So I think, you know, so I think for me, it's like, that's kind of the instinct that is there. It's like a blend of, you know, like ambition not personal ambition, but more like, I just want to be challenged. It's not even like I, like I need my ego satisfied. It's like, it's not about that at all, actually. Like, it's like, you know, yeah, you can go to like a good you know business school or, you know, get a safe job, but it's much more about, I have done big things and I refuse to sort of not do big. It's hard to go from like a hundred miles an hour to like, we're just going to ask you to go 30 miles an hour now, you know? And <laughs> no, I, think- I totally get that. Yeah. And then, and, and to kind of parallel to that, I, when I was in the military, I was in the Navy, I was 20 years old driving through the Suez Canal, right? Like, and then I come back yeah. and suddenly I'm in a telecom job making nine bucks an hour. It's hard to reconcile the two. And to your point, it's hard to go from, I'm doing really incredible things on the other side of the globe that is genuinely changing how the face of the globe works. And now I'm back and I'm working for some knucklehead who barely graduated high school and he's my boss now like that. Totally get that. And and I think that's what drives veterans and entrepreneurs or veterans to become entrepreneurs is that that drive. Oh, totally. And I think it's it's like a unwillingness to sort of go at the pace that's that's being prescribed right yeah. it's like so it's like okay we want you to come do a job for nine dollars an hour to call center and then but don't worry like after a year and a half if you do good you can make 15 dollars and then you can become supervisor <laughs> it's like well i don't want to wait a year and a half you know yeah. and i think i i you know i try to you know kind of err on the side of like go fast go now you know um and not for everyone and that's you know probably that's probably sometimes irresponsible advice, but I feel like veterans are constantly being fed conservative advice when it comes to transition. And so I, I want to be a counterpoint to be like, no, I get it. Like I get your irritation. I get your frustration. I get your feeling like I've got more to offer than this. And like, I agree. (laughs) Like I just, I I agree with you. If you're a veteran, like you do have more to give. Yeah. Um, You should go faster. So yeah, it seems like there's two buckets that military folk fall into, right? They either fall into that, uh, it's really hard for me to transition out of the military because, uh, you know, Uncle Sam gave me three meals and, uh, and, a, and a cot, and now I have to go fend for myself. Or there's, there's other folks that are like, you know, I, I cannot believe, I, I, I need to be an entrepreneur. I need to, like, lead and move fast and break shit. And, uh, and I feel like that's, those are the two buckets and, and being a veteran, being, going through the military and being a veteran and seeing that, that transition really sets you up for success. If that's the path you want to take and go after, uh, being an entrepreneur. So it's awesome. So talk to me a little bit about flank five Academy. Where did the, the precipice, what what was the thought behind that? So, yes, uh, it's since been rebranded. So it's, uh, it's the collective Academy. Um, and it was a, it is a professional services uh, business that delivers white labeled executive education services. So 
Um, there's a woman that um, I hired as CEO about three years ago, and she's continued to grow the business. I'm still uh, a, an owner uh, and dip in to do some things with them on occasion. Um, but when the bunker got busy, I kind of turned the reins over to her. But the the genesis of it is um, so so. Let me start there. So it's a professional services business that does white labeled executive education. Let me explain what that means for people because they may not understand. Um, there are organizations i'll start with what it looks like today so today the business will go to a uh, an organization it could be like a business journal it could be a membership association uh, any organization that has brand loyalty and what what my business does is it comes in and says hey you have uh, an audience you have brand loyalty and you can actually sell leadership development um, services to that audience um, and they will pay you for that because they know you and they trust you and you can actually compete with local executive education you know programs that are being offered at universities and and you can make money in the process so it's a sales pitch that essentially says we can increase your brand loyalty deliver leadership development for your audience and help you generate a new stream of revenue and so that's a, a effective sales pitch with you know, newspapers and business journals and even law firms and people that are looking to engage their alumni audiences. And so that business has been a great niche business. And, and there's tons of great niche businesses in the professional services sector. How I got there was I was working for Booz Allen Hamilton, which they do a lot of government contracting. They also had a, a strategy practice and I was working in their strategy practice, working with commercial, you know, clients, um, that like on things like pricing strategies, you know, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and consulting is cool. Like it's like, it's kind of a cool lifestyle. You get, <laughs> you get paid well. I was a, po- you know, just gotten out of my MBA and I was on the road doing kind of cool, interesting stuff for like NASA as well as a private raspberry company and some interesting clients. Um, and I was doing it for a year and was like, this is really good, but I could do this on my own and maybe do a better job or at least make money and have more autonomy. And so I quit after a year, really without a plan other than I like this. I'm not totally inspired by it. I would like it a lot more if I worked for myself. And I sort of set out to do that. And so I went out and started consulting on my own and, you know, basically spent a year and a half understanding the landscape, like loosely in the domain of consulting, loosely in the domain of executive of like education and training and really like ultimately landed on the niche that we've since grown the business around, which is this white labeled executive education piece. So um, I, I, again, I give you that just to say like, there's a journey about how do you actually understand what the, like the, you know, the product market fit is and founder fit. And, you know, we kind of, we kind of got there, but it, you know, it took, it took probably 18 months sort of bouncing around the wilderness to figure out what's, what's, what's viable. And the last thing I'd say is, you know, I, am comfortable with like professional services because it's sort of eat what you kill and it's cap, it's not capital intensive. Mm -hmm. It's very different for how you start like a tech startup or a product company, but Um, but for me, professional services is sort of like where I've always, you know, buttered my bread. Um, yeah. and it's a, it's a domain that I'm, you know, really comfortable in. No, it's, it's, uh, it's a great story. And then, and, and uh, what I like is that you've been able to find your focus pretty quickly. What are some of the pitfalls that you've run into, uh, starting this, this business and what have you taken that, uh, and, and put it in play for, for Bunker Labs? 
Yeah. Well, what's funny is when it comes to like starting a professional services business, it's really interesting where it falls apart for a lot of people. Like, and it's the dumb stuff. It's like people are working on their pitch and then like a client says yes, but they don't know how to like, what am I selling the client? So it really, so much of professional services boils down to like, how do you productize it? Like, okay, you're an expert and you want to help this company do something, but like, do you charge them by the hour? Do you go on a monthly retainer? Do you sell them on a project basis? And like, what does all that stuff cost? Do you invoice them? How do you like the mechanics of like, how do you actually close a sale and then execute on a sale are the things that like, I actually just had no idea. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs like have no idea when it comes Mm -hmm. to stuff like that. It's the very practical stuff that like is not taught in business schools and it's not taught in, a lot of environments it's not taught like in you know boot camps and accelerators and stuff like that because it, it seems like sort of the silly stuff but it's actually where people get stuck and so i you know for me i've i've always been very hyper mindful of the quote unquote dumb stuff which is where people get stuck like okay like let's talk about how to actually submit an, a proposal to a client and how you should think about your pricing model for that and like how you should invoice them and, you know, just these things that like the mechanics of it where it actually, you know, it actually gets stuck. Um, and I think, you know, with the bunker, it's like sales is sales. I mean, I think you have to learn if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you have to understand how to, how to be a salesman. Um, it's just non-negotiable. It's, you're always selling something. I mean, in the case of the bunker, it's like, we're, you know, we're not for profit like Patriot Bootcamp. So, you know, we, we need to secure corporate sponsorship. We need to understand the needs of our clients, which are sponsors and how do we support them. We also have to understand the needs of the veteran entrepreneurs and support them. And so, you know, nonprofits are more complex than for profits. A for profit's kind of easy. It's a two sided marketplace. Right. It's like, all right, here's the service offering. If you like it, you'll buy it. And so I just need to convince you that it's something that you need for this price. And if you agree, then you'll pay it. And if you think it's great, then I can like charge you more next year. If you think if it doesn't, if it, if it doesn't, if you don't think it's great, then like you're going to leave me or I have to charge you less. And that's all fair. Um, not for profits are harder because you have to secure sponsorship. And th- so that's one audience. But then the people that you serve are a different audience. And so you've got this kind of like three sided marketplace that, you know, creates a little bit more complexity. But I think the skill set is so you know, it, a lot of it's still the same. Yeah. No, definitely. So we've been talking to Todd Connor, CEO and founder of The Bunker Labs. We're going to pay a quick bill. Is that cool? Yeah, please. Cool. So every week we talk about CPA dudes where accounting is never boring. Uh, their price is not based on time. Customers decide the value of them. And they don't charge for sending things like invoices or phone calls or emails or texts. They just get the job done. So you find them at cpadudes.com forward slash startup radio. You can tell them Josh sent you and hopefully they're giving you guys a good discount. So... Uh, we are with Todd Connor, CEO and founder of the Bunker Labs. We've been talking about his entrepreneurial journey, and that segues very well into a great organization that he created called Bunker Labs, which helps transitioning veterans really understand the whole dynamic about how you start a business, where to go from there, and really how to take it from like an idea to something that has paperwork and and that you are getting paid for. Uh, so. I really want to dive in a bit on that piece because what I find fascinating about Bunker Labs is that 
the one the focus the fo- focus on veterans which i think you you understand better than a lot of folks of course and the other part is that the broad sense of you know if you have an idea for you know a saas company or a hot dog cart or a glass cleaning company whatever it is uh, bunker labs really serves this broad purpose and was was that by design when you guys started talking about what you were going to do did we lose him I think we lost him. Oh, no, no, no. I'm here. Oh. Sorry. I had you, I had you on mute. <laughs> I, I didn't want to be coughing during the commercials. No worries. No, I got you. I got you, Josh. All um, right. Is it why I started? No, I think, you know, I like, I think with a lot of businesses, we did not have a, a strategy intact. It was, I think at the start, I was like, hey, this is, <clears throat> you know, I'm a veteran. I've, I've started a business. It's not, you know, Snapchat, but I'm like, I figured out how to be self-employed, which which to me is like a big deal. Um, and I was like, let's help other veterans do the same thing. And I was thinking very localized in terms of Chicago. I was thinking very localized in terms of 1871. I wasn't thinking in terms of like what a strategic model is. I didn't know that this was going to be anything more than just like a after school activity or a, a hobby project for me. Interesting. Um, and, and I think what has resulted is just a, a con- constant vigilance to listen to the veteran entrepreneur and the community and then looking at ourselves and saying okay what is the unique niche that we fill and how do we stay laser focused on that and so i'm a big believer in like good to great jim collins and like understanding strategy Mm -hmm. is super fundamental and i think there's a lot of organizations that get this wrong i think patriot boot camp gets this right i think you know we're trying to get it right and and so it's been a series of reactive choices along the way. I think the misconception is that, you, you know, people like go into a back, a dark room somewhere, build a strategy and then bring it into the daylight and then execute it. <laughs> I think, yeah. I think much more often, I think actually much more, much more smarter. That's not a thing, but I think more uh, accurately, good organizations are sort of in the marketplace doing the thing, but then constantly looking and saying, is this, is this where we shine? Is this our core competency? Is this is this distinctive, or can somebody else do this better? And then, like, what are our customers saying? So, I think that's a constant loop. So, when we started Bunker Labs, I was like, let's help veterans start businesses. We don't know exactly what that is, or or even frankly, what their what the demand is or what the needs right. are. But what happened was, people in Chicago, sixty of them, reached out and were like, "Hey, I'm a veteran in Chicago. I'd like help, or I want to get involved." And then you just say to them, like, "Well, what do you want help with?" And yeah. for a lot of them, it was like, I just need introductions. I'm trying to do this one thing. Do you, do you know an accountant who can help me file my you know, tax returns for free? I mean, it was like, dumb, again, I go back and say, like, it's the dumb stuff, which turns out not to be the dumb stuff. It's like very practical. Like, I need to hire a, a, a technology developer that can give me 20 hours a week. And I'd prefer if they have, you know, some understanding of like healthcare, right? right. Um, and so it was a it was a potpourri of needs that people surfaced that we largely were sort of meeting their needs through the network that we were building. We also launched some programs. We also, you know, tried exploring some things like how do you help them get funding, and then ultimately sort of narrowed our focus around like the network effect that we're creating. And then and then I think the other thing that happened was like veterans in other cities just started calling and were like, hey, we should do bunker labs in. Austin, Texas, or DC. And so again, we just reacted and said, okay, here's how we can support other chapters. So we, we kind of, you know, emerge as a chapter model, not by design, but really in response to 
kind of like what other people in other cities were calling and asking for. Yeah. Now, what I in, in the I think the closest one here to the Pacific Northwest would be Seattle, and Johannes is amazing. Uh, and you got you you have these amazing folks that are advocates for Bunker Labs, people like Justine Evers and uh, Emily McMahon, and and all these people that you have kind of dispersed around the country that just kind of drum the beat of Bunker Labs and are genuinely out there to try to figure out what they can be doing to be helpful. You know, we, I was introduced to uh, Michael Ertmer out in Wisconsin, who was one of the, one of your early chapter leaders and just, you know, these great people that are just going out to, to be helpful. So um, it's, it's interesting to me that that wasn't by design, which is great to hear because it means that you fell into something that was a need and you were just sort of the Pied Piper of this leadership effort to get these folks to, to keep helping. And and you gave them a platform to be helpful, which was which has been great. And and watching you you uh, grow this has been fundamentally amazing. What are some of the takeaways that you've learned along the way, uh, and and things that you wish you would have done differently from the beginning? Yeah, no oh, man, those are good questions. I I think I will definitely endorse like the we the veteran community. We have a um, we have a secret weapon at our disposal, which is the talent, mm-hmm. um, of veterans and the fact that we have this shared identity. So I think in other sectors, you'd be like, Oh, it's too risky to have to give people an email address and let them represent your brand. If you haven't like put them through some like higher, for, very formal hiring process or whatever, we just, we like, we err on the side of trust. Um, with veterans that they're going to get it right. And like, we are really, we really think of ourselves as a community. And so like, sometimes you get it wrong and like that happens, but, but generally speaking, we've, we've opted on the side of trust and trust is a huge accelerator of any organizational, any organization's capacity. Bureaucracy is created in response is, is a direct correlation to a lack of trust. Right. Right. So, so if you trust people, you have a very light bureaucracy and you can expand and you can be agile um, and you can let people represent your brand and you can empower them. If you don't trust people, then like you can't do any of those things. And so I, I really view the world like it's 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 almost that black and white to me. Um, and we just I just choose trust. Um, now, sometimes, like, again, as you scale, that gets more problematic and you have to in- introduce a little bit of bureaucracy. Um and so, okay, that's a thing. Um, so, yeah, like sometimes, you know, whatever. But generally speaking, the veteran community is people just rise to the occasion. And I think you're right. There's so much goodwill. So it's very much about how do you build a platform where people can activate their own potential through the platform. And so we talk about Mike Erdmer and, and Johannes and Justine. I mean, everyone's very different, right? But they right. all have this ambition and this talent and this desire to serve. And they just need a place to put that energy. And so, um, you know, and I think that's why, that's why we've been successful in terms of, you know, scaling the network is because we've allowed for that. And I think that's, that's kind of the history of a lot of the VSOs that have expanded through the chapter model, because there's this primary shared identity as a veteran. So if you can lead with that, then the rest sort of fills in. Um, and, and, you know, we don't really go looking for talent, um, talent just is part of our network. And so we have, again, that luxury of like, we just know, you know, we have, we get to meet a lot of people. So for all the hiring that we've done as an organization, it's all been through people that we've known. Um, and 
you know, my, I'm a big believer in like hire for values. Like you can teach anybody anything, but you got to hire for values. And if people have the right values, then they're going to be, you know, they're going to be successful, which I know is the same philosophy at, you know, Patriot Bootcamp. Yeah, no, we've been great collaborators. I, I, you know, we just created this program, uh, Vet Hacks, in collaboration with Bunker Labs, and it's been a, an amazing partnership. We just finished one in D.C., as you know, and uh, Emily McMahon was there. Uh, just amazing. It was a lot of fun. Talk a little bit about your programming. Get in the weeds about what you guys are doing today. I know that you have things like Bunker Brews and the um, the Epic program that you're changing a little bit, but talk a little bit about what, at your core, the, the things that veterans can expect to, to get out of being a part of the Bunker Labs ecosystem. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's, it's it, you know, part of the answer to that is going to be about, like, what do you put into it? Yep. Um, so we are not, I'll start with what we're not. We're not case managers. We're not an educational institution. Um, so if your desire is just like sort of sit and receive and then in turn get somewhere you're trying to go, it just won't work. Um, and, you know, part of why that's not the case is because we're trying to role model what it requires to actually be a successful entrepreneur. What's interesting is that entrepreneurship right now is the number one major at most business schools. Um, and so entrepreneurship has never been more popular. And yet people are starting fewer businesses than they ever have before. Right. I think part of that is because we give them a false coddling experience uh, or a false sense of progress that because you sat in a class uh, for you know three months or two years or whatever, learning entrepreneurship, that you're somehow closer to the goal. And I would tell you, I, I mean, getting smart is is, is, is important. Uh, but it's the difference of like reading diet books versus starting a diet. Mm -hmm. Um, and there is no substitute to doing. So when you're ready to do is I think when we can begin to be helpful. Um, and then what do we do? You know, so how do we support when you're ready to do, we have an online program called launch lab online, which is six months, um, that blends a lot of real world kind of engagement with, um, open source videos and resources that we've aggregated. So, you know, our version of you know education is when you go through Launch Lab Online, you get to watch videos of entrepreneurs who are veterans who started their own business and really understand like how they do that, like very practically, like, did your wife lend you money or like, we just get really honest in the, we try to be very honest in the whole conversation because I think that's where, that's where you learn. Mm -hmm. um, we have stuff from like Coffin Founder School. We have TED Talks. We have articles from entrepreneur.com. You know, we just, we've crowdsourced a bunch of stuff that we kind of go to ourselves. We include books that we're reading. Um, and then we include really practical tools. So discount services for things like WeWork, um, Amazon Web Services, um, Fiverr, you know, just like, you know, hey, not only like, a lecture on why it's important to have a brand, a good brand, but like, here's five websites where you can get a, you know, a, a logos for cheap or a new website in 24 hours, or at least like a starter kit for branding. Right? right. So we try to, cause I think that's the stuff that like Josh, you know, you and I always know, like that's the kind of stuff that entrepreneurs are always sh sharing those ideas with mm -hmm. each other. Yep. It's just the, it's the inside gouge. Yep. Um, and so we, we've really said like, how do you take those hacks and that gouge and those, those tools and resources and like make it available to the broader public. So, so that's the goal of that five month experience. We also want you to go out and talk to actual prospective customers. We also want you to be talking to your peers. So we put you into a peer huddle of four people and then you can actually meet locally. We assign you based on your geography. So if there's three people in Redding, California, like we'll put you guys in touch and be like, go find a coffee shop in Redding. Like you don't, 
Bunker Labs doesn't have to like invite you there. Like we can just put you in touch, and because you're adults and because you're veterans, you can, you know, you can create the community yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Like we don't have to do it all for you. So that's Launch Lab Online, and then in all of our in the chapters that we have, which are right now, it's there's 22. Portland's coming soon. We got to figure that out. Exciting. Um, yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to it. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, you'll be our, of course, our first phone call. <laughs> We've already talked about. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. We so in all the chapters we have a monthly meetup called Bunker Brews, and then um, in all the chapters we have a a program called CEO Circle, and this is a uh, Bunker Brews is monthly, usually at night, usually involves some like networking, and then also usually like a pitch or some some other kind of opportunity to learn about a resource locally, and then CEO Circle is a monthly kind of mastermind for um, veterans that are running their own small businesses. So this is a group of people post revenue. So you've got to, you know, be beyond the idea stage. The idea stage is, uh, you know, launch lab online can support you at the idea stage. Mm-hmm. CEO circle is like, Hey, I run a small business here in Chicago. I'd love to meet other veterans that are running their own small businesses, get together once a month, talk about the challenges, share ideas, resources, networks to kind of help everyone succeed. So those are kind of the three things that we do. It's the launch lab online. It's the bunker brews and then a CEO circle. Nice. Yeah, and and, yeah. It's, and it's been great. You have the uh, muster as well. Talk a little bit about that. You've got a a big event, a big tour muster thing happening this this year. We do. Yes, musters. Um, muster, of course, you know, and I think the audience probably knows, is a term for gathering, military gathering. We we do a muster in all of the cities where not all, but most, a lot of the cities where we have chapters. Mm-hmm. We also hold a muster, and it's an annual event. And it's usually a half day event. Um, and we bring in like inspiring speakers and it's a chance to network. It's a chance to, um, learn about, you know, different topics like franchising or how to buy a business or how to start a business. Um, and then try to bring some inspiring speakers. So the, the one in Chicago is in, well, next week. So next week, next Wednesday, we have the muster in, Nashville on May 16th. Um, and they've got Fred Smith, who's the founder and CEO of FedEx, um, speaking. And he's a, I mean, amazing. I I didn't actually know this until I knew that he was a veteran, but how he started FedEx is amazing. His time and service in, um, Vietnam was amazing. He won, uh, was awarded the purple heart, um, two silver stars, I believe. And so, I mean, highly decorated Marine Corps yeah. veteran uh, in Vietnam. And then, and then go to, you know, has obviously had a phenomenal, phenomenally successful career as the founder and CEO of FedEx. So he's speaking on Wednesday in Nashville. And then on Thursday, uh, you know, this coming Thursday in Chicago, we've got the muster at, at Google and we've got general uh, Peter Pace, as 16th nice. chairman of the joint chiefs. He's going to be our keynote there. So yeah, so it's, you know, these events are great. It's inspiring. It's, it's good to get out and be part of the community. And, uh, and it's, you know, it's always free for the veteran as well. So we try to make that available. Yeah. I'm excited that the, uh, the Seattle muster, which happens October 18th, will play, play right in line with the next vet hacks, which will be October 19th, 20th and 21st in Seattle. So really excited yes. that, uh, that we're tying all of that stuff in and, uh, and uh, I can't wait. October can't get here fast enough. Yeah. Well, and vet hacks is such a, I mean, I think, you know, you do such a great job with, with, uh, with vet hacks as well as, I mean, obviously the boot camps, but, um, you know, and th- this stuff is, it's like, I think if you want to be an entrepreneur, I think being a super consumer of this stuff is just, 
is smart, right? It's part of the mm-hmm. equation. It's it's part of just knowing like what's out there and making it available. Um, so I think, yeah, it's so funny because people are like ask like, well, should I do bunker or should I do Patriot bootcamp? I'm like, do it, <laughs> do, like, do it both. all. Yeah. Yeah. And then, exactly. and then like, and then do 1 million cups yeah. and do like 10 other things, you Startup know, weekend. So it's, yeah, do it all. Yeah. yeah all absolutely. Of it. Yeah. I, 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 I agree. You need to kind of, if you're going to, if you're going to devote your life into a pro into something like building a business you want to give your business the best chance to succeed so why not consume all of the things out there that are a resource for you as an entrepreneur that can give your your business the best chance to succeed and i think the things that you and i have talked about for a long time is that there are so many vsos out there that it could almost be noise and so trying to figure out how to separate the noise and showcase the value that our community can bring is supremely important and which is why I love the collab- collaboration between Bunker Labs and Patriot Bootcamp because you can start to see that there's almost a workflow for transitioning vets. If if Vet Hacks is part of that early stage and Bunker Labs is part of that, then Patriot Bootcamp is sort of the next day- stage for tech founders, right? Like if you're building a tech company, then going through those two steps before you come to Patriot Bootcamp just gives you that better sense and better enablement to succeed going forward. Yeah, that's hundred percent. And I mean, in the connectivity with tech stars and, you know, I, I think it's, um, it's just helpful for yeah. us to be connected and then for the veterans to understand what the opportunities are. And I think part of our obligation as a, as a, as an organization is to make sure that we don't like, I never want to hold you captive within our programs. If, if you can be better served somewhere else. Sure. Right. And so like part of what we're, you know, really focusing on this year is how do we make sure that we really have effectively mapped the ecosystem locally in all of our markets so that if you're, if you have a food startup in Chicago, you might be a veteran, but you really need to talk to good food because they're the ones that are doing all the work around, you know, sustainability and locally sourced innovation and, you know, all that stuff. Like we're not subject matter experts in that. And so, um, so I think for, you know, again, as an entrepreneur, you're wearing many hats. You might be wearing a hat as a veteran entrepreneur. Therefore, take everything you can from Parker Labs and Patriot Bootcamp and Vet Hacks. But you're also going to have like a domain vertical that you're associated with. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you're deep, deeply tied into those, you know, vertically associated networks. If it's, you know, cannabis or, you know, food delivery or, you know, healthcare, health tech, med tech, whatever it is, like make sure that you've got, you just need networks, like networks upon networks. And I think that's, Something that as an early stage entrepreneur, I just can't, you know, can't underemphasize, I think, how important that is. Oh, big time. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. I want to talk a little bit about the ecosystem overall, because you and I are in it where the boots on the ground. We, we see a lot of the good and we see a lot of the bad. Uh, what do you think veteran entrepreneurs and, mil- and I'll lump in military spouses because, you know, both of us uh, tend to serve both. What, what do you think? Uh, veteran transitioning military veterans and, and spouses need to look for to avoid things that could be a potential distraction or lead them down a path that is not going to be very helpful. Talk a little bit about the things that are out there that, that could be, you know, just a distraction and how to avoid that. Sure. Well, I think, um, I think like an appropriate standard is if, if there aren't people in the room that represent who you're trying to be, then you're, you're probably wasting your time. Um, so yeah, it, like if, you know, I think it's important that you feel like you're in the company of aspirational people. And when I say that, I don't mean 
like inspiring people. But like, if you're, if you're trying to become a, um, I don't know, like, this is like, you want to be an angel investor at some point. Um, if you're not in environments where there are angel investors present, like you're just not going to get closer to that goal. Right. Um, and so I think, you know, to me, again, I, I think classroom education is important. Like you and I both have degrees, but you also really need to be connected to the real world because that's where, that's where the action is. That's mm -hmm. where the people that can make your careers are going to be located. So, um, you know, so I think for the veteran community, there's a risk of, of only staying within the veteran community. And I think that that is dangerous. I think the veteran community should be a source of support, a source of community. But ultimately, if you're trying to start a technology company, like you need to be around technologists. And I don't care if they're veteran or not. You need right. to be around people that know how to build apps. You need to be around people that understand like the cloud and, you know, trends around like, you know, big data or the dark web. Like, I don't care what it is, but you know, whatever is relevant for what you want to do. Like you've got to get to those places. And so I think, I think it's important to my, my assessment is like, how do you know if you're spending the time, the right time and the right things, because the people that you're interfacing with are the people that represent what you are trying to become yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's uh that's just good advice. It's not going to happen naturally. I mean, I think you have to go out and find it a little bit, um, which you don't have to do when you're in the military. Cause in the military, it's like the people that you want to become someday are all around you. It's like I'm a, I'm a lieutenant and I've got a captain on my ship. So like I've got my role models right in front of me. Like I work for them. I see them every day. You know, if and you're and they're pretty yeah. obvious, right? Like they have something on their chest or on their sleeve. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like I salute them. Like I, you know, I call them sir. Yeah. So I I know I know who they are. It's less obvious when you get in the civilian sure. sector. And so you've got to, I think, do that kind of human mapping to say, like, who are, where am I trying to go? And how do I get around the people, those people, right? And how do I find out where they're hanging out and show up and be there and be and become part of their network? Because that's that's ultimately what will, what will inform kind of your your journey. Yeah. Yeah, we've been talking to Todd Connor of uh, Bunker Labs, CEO, founder of Bunker Labs. We're going to do another uh, a little commercial break. Is that cool? Great. Don't yeah. don't don't wander off, sir. No man, you got to pay the bills. <laughs> so uh, we're going to talk about bun, uh, pork bun domains this time, websites and internet commerce for the rest of us. So pork bun domain have these domains for personal branding with the lowest prices and amazing free service. So if everybody's heard of .com, .net, .org, or .whatever, uh, but you can get a custom domain that matches what your startup does. So if you are a design entrepreneur, you could get a .design domain name. Wow, imagine that. You know, and the, and the thing is, like your website is the window to your business and it tells your story and so having a domain that's part of that story it just makes a lot of sense so use your imagination and contact them at porkbun.com forward slash startup radio uh we're back with todd connor uh ceo and founder of bunker labs a nationwide chapter-led organization that helps transitioning military vets uh, learn about how to grow and scale their business. And uh, it's been such a, a great time sitting here and talking to you. We have about 15 minutes left, and I want to talk about what's next for Bunker Labs. Where, you, where do you see this organization going in, say, the next five years? Sure. Yeah, so we, um, we just uh, had uh, – we presented a strategy to our board, um, which is sort of a funny thing because, like, you know, I, I started <laughs> – at the top of the hour by saying that this was just like, I thought something I would do 
you know, in my spare time. And then, you know, since then it's become like a real organization. We have a board that we implemented. It's an 18 person board. And now they're like, Holy mackerel. You have 18 people on your board. Yeah. I am underachieving. I only have five. I'm, I need to, (laughs) clearly I need to do something different. I think that that might be the better move. My friend. Uh, (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Talk about that some other time. Yes, please. (laughs) No, but I actually, I actually love having a board. I love the accountability that, which is kind of ironic, right? Because you're like, oh, you self-imposed accountability, but it's like, yeah, but you know, there's smart people and they know things that I don't know. And, um, and so, and I like actually, there's something kind of comforting about having a boss actually, because it's like. I can go to them for, for advice and protection and they can tell me if I'm, you know, not seeing things. So anyway, so we presented to them a, um, a three-year strategy that we worked with, uh, with, um, uh, McKinsey as well as Deloitte for sort of nice. different elements of it. Pro yeah. Bono. yeah. And so, and those are like smart guys. Um, Pretty smart. Yeah. Very smart. Um, smarter than me. And so, um, so they helped us kind of frame a three-year strategy. We, we did some, like I'll call it academic work around, you know, theory of change, which is sort of a nonprofit version of like a business model um, and defined like, here's our unique impact. And what, what we really said is like, we want to be in the business of ecosystem development, which is mostly about building the network effect for veterans. And so we're, we will not do like in-person classes. Um, We will um, not do a lot of, um, you know, we won't do a lot of things that other organizations like Patriot Bootcamp or other organizations are doing. We will focus on building network effects, having them locally based, and then scaling that model nationally through volunteer leaders. And so, so what does it look like the next few years? I think we'll stick with our programming model, which is the Launch Lab Online, the monthly Bunker Brews, and then the monthly CEO Circle. Um, we'll work to have fidelity with that model in all 22 cities where we currently exist, and then we're going to scale that to all 50 states is the vision over the next three years. And so I think in three years we'll, we'll have um, probably between 50 and 100 chapters, which will be determined by local demand. Um, and we just evolved our model to implement a regional staffing structure. So we'll have six regions and six regional executive directors and then chapters in local communities. And really, I think, you know, our belief is that if, if we can be a mechanism to convene, even if it's five entrepreneurs trying to start a business in, you know, um, Portlandia or somewhere <laughs> that, um, that there's value in that. Like, yeah. you just, there, there just needs to be an impetus to like plant the guide on and say, okay, like, Hey, get together here. Um, and there's some really effective scalable models that have done that, like 1 million cups that, you know, in other organizations that we've observed to say, okay, this is, you know, there's a way for us to have sort of like, lean and low cost, but hopefully, you know, significant impact if we do it the right way. So that's what's, you know, that's what's coming. And I, and it's really important to me that like, I don't want bunker labs to be, um, something that, you know, I want, I'm very focused on this, obviously living beyond me. I know it will, but thinking about, um, like I'm, I'm both saying like, I don't plan to leave, but also like, I want this thing to not be contingent on founders. And I think that's the transition that's important that we make at some point. And, um, so just thinking about that long-term sustainability, how do we scale to support more local chapters? There's a waiting list of about 70 cities that have said, Hey, we'd like to do this at some point, but I, you know, we've had to kind of get our house in order a little bit to make sure that we aren't 
you know, doing the wrong things or, or setting the right expectations in markets and right sizing our chapter model and all that stuff. So I think, you know, we're getting, we're getting closer to a point where I think we can begin to scale this around with like a, a sort of a lower cost volunteer led model in most, in most new cities. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I think, you, you know, you're spot on. Like if, if you are a veteran entrepreneur in Boise, Idaho, and there's not a big, you know, group of people, uh, it's nice to have something in your back pocket that you can go to to say, hey, Bunker, I'm going to you know, run this in Boise, Idaho. There's only three of us, but I'm happy to kind of champion uh, us three and be the, the, the you know, as you said, the guide on to, uh, to really champion this in my local area. And that's how you grow a community. When I, you know, I, I was an early employee at Twilio, and at the time, we were four years in when I started, and we had 65,000 developers. But the way they were able to grow that was they would go to hackathons or they go to community events and convert one developer at a time. Now there are you know, a million developers on their platform, and uh, you know, I think I just saw the run rates of half a billion dollars a month. It's ridiculous. But you have wow. to do the hard work of going out there and shaking hands, kissing some babies, and, and <laughs> drumming up the, the, you know, what you're doing and adding what your value is. So I, yeah. I love it, dude. I absolutely love it. And again, so enamored with what you've been doing, man. No, likewise. And there's, there's no such thing. People say this all the time, but there's no such thing as like an overnight success, you know? And I think yeah. it's... Um, it's really important. And there's also so many shiny objects, which mm-hmm. is just, you know, I think people get enamored with like, you know, let's go raise a venture fund or let's, you know, whatever. Like there's just lots of ideas about what ought to be done. And I think it's really important that we stay disciplined to our strategy, right? And strategy, having a strategy is a set of decisions, not only about what you're going to do, but also about what you're not going to do. Right. Probably more importantly about what you're not going to do. Right. And I think, I think um, in the veteran space, you know, it's, there's a lot of organizations that I think don't have a strategy or, you know, haven't really articulated like what's a smart strategy. And I think it's, it's just important because goodwill is, uh, you know, it will only carry you so far and it'll carry you far, you know, but at some point, like you have to really be able to answer like, well, what are you doing and is it working and why are you doing it? And, and I think that's, um, that's work that, you know, and that takes time to discover. Like, I don't think you just, make it up it's like it's through a series of trying things and observing it and getting the feedback loop and then iterating and saying okay you know like in it it's 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 and it's also like it's not being wed to any particular model right other than we're we're never going to waver on like we want to add value to the veteran entrepreneur so then mm-hmm. the question is like well how do we do that and like what's in and lots of organizations can do that so the question is like how right and, and like you know we've had these conversations about the unique role that Patriot Boot Camp plays and the unique role that you know, Bunker Labs is trying to play and how they're different, but complementary. And, and I think, you know, as we as a sector, as we just continue to be smart, um, it's going to, you know, serve the veteran well. And I think that there is an increasing sophistication in the sector about what good looks like and what a smart strategy looks like. And, and it's, you know, I think that like we're raising the stakes and we know this because in the entrepreneurship sector, it's very clear, right? Like you just it's you don't you don't survive if you don't have a strategy and i think sure. bringing that that discipline to the veteran space is is i think important as well well it's it's also good to understand what you're good at right and and i think where where bunker labs is excels is building a community of people that can be helpful and take that uh, take that model and scale it more broadly and and i think that's important for veterans to understand as well that the VSOs that they go out there and they align themselves with, they need to understand what they're good at and what can what kind of value uh, can they get out of being aligned with that organization. And and to your point, 
aligning yourself with multiple organizations is just fine because they're good at different things. Like we fit in a tech space, right? That's what we're good at. We're, we do good on-premise uh, programming. We'll never do a, a volunteer-led model because we're not good at it. Bunker Labs is, and they're doing, they're crushing it. And so be collaborative instead of competitive has always been my mantra. And, uh, and I know you and I have had lots of conversations about that, and I always appreciate your, your willingness to work closely with us. Yeah, always. Yeah, it's so amazing. I, it's man. The only way we're gonna do. A, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool, man. Uh, what I want to. We have a couple minutes, and I want to make sure that uh, we cover everything. What What are the things that you hear constantly to your uh, from your veterans, or what What kind of advice do you kind of generally uh, have to impart constantly to to your veteran entrepreneurs uh, that you would love to to uh, express here? Um. Well, I think I think people start oftentimes with it's about access to capital. Sure. Um, I would just encourage anybody like focus on getting a, a paying customer. Um, if you have customers that are paying you for whatever it is that you're doing, getting money is actually not that hard. And mm-hmm. getting money is not actually your challenge. Making money is getting money, which is like whether it's a, a loan or venture capital funding. It, it just buys you time, to, right. but you also, you still have to make money. Although, I mean, the, the only reason that they're giving you money is because they're gonna you're gonna pay them back with more money. And so, I yeah. think the extent that people are in limbo trying to raise money, I would say your focus needs to be on making money um, and having a strategy as to how you're gonna do that. And I don't care, you know. Sometimes you can't, but a lot of times you can. I yeah. mean, even if it's getting pre-customer commitments and thing, things like that. So. You know, and I'm sort of like a risk averse guy, actually. Like, I, and that's probably why I do professional services versus build like tech products. But um, I think that's one thought is to you know shift your focus from raising money or getting a loan to um, to to getting customers. Um, yeah. The other thing, the other thing that I would say is really like you know really give thought to two things. Number one is like, what's the very real problem that I'm solving? Um, and a problem that you're solving has to, I think, be defined in terms of very personal terms. So Mm -hmm. who are the people that have the pain who have said, man, it would be great if someone did this, right? So that's the difference of saying, I want to open a bakery to, you know, Hey, every morning at 7am, um, 140 people walked down main street to catch a train. And I, I stood outside one day and asked them and 18% said that they would love it. If there was a place that they could stop in and buy like a bagel and a cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's that distinctive. So who are you solving? I'm amazed at how often people talk about like the problem they're, they're solving, but it's sort of like in a, in the context of like a marketplace problem. And I think you have to answer in terms of like, who's the person who says that this is what they need. So I think shifting to focusing on customers, shifting to focusing on who's who for whom, who's the person that you're solving a problem for, um, and then I, I think the third question is like, why are you, why are you the right person, right? So right. I might have figured out that, you know, um, you know, 28 year olds need an app to help them, you know, find a good co working space in their city, but like if I don't know how to build apps or I'm not dialed into the co working space, then I'm not the guy to do that, right? Sure. So I, I think you have to have this kind of like why why me also kind of layer to the conversation. But I think if you can figure those things out, which is 
focusing on generating revenue through customers, really solving a specific problem that somebody has or, or a specific thing that somebody wants. And then uh, three, knowing that you're the person to do that, you're going to, you're, you're going to have a business. Um, Like every single time you're going to have a business. And so uh, that's the sort of my, my encouragement. And by the way, I think you can do those things without quitting your job. So it's um, do it on the nights, do it on the weekends and start figuring out how to make money that way. And then I think you can be successful. Yeah, no, I love it. Uh, And, and I've always said that, uh, you know, business is a hypothesis until someone pays you for it. But also, you know, for first-time founders especially, the most important metric, if you're going to go out and seek funding, is how much revenue are you bringing in and how many customers are you getting and are you iterating month over month on growing those customers? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's totally right. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, we've been talking to Todd Connor, uh, form, uh, founder and CEO of Bunker Labs. Todd, where, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Todd.Connor. Um, at bunkerlabs.org. Nice. I love it. And uh, yeah, Bunker Labs all over the place. Yeah, you guys got uh, That's the challenge you're going to have, my friend, is that you guys have a Twitter account for every chapter. You guys are going to just have, like, it's just going to be Twitter Bunker. That's it. It's a Twitter.bunker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good stuff, man. I love it. And, uh, and I absolutely uh, love what you've been doing, man. And I'm so excited to see you in October. And, uh, dude, thanks for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, buddy. Thank you, Josh. Keep doing what you're doing, and uh, I love it. I'm here to support you. Thanks, man. You've been listening to the Startup Radio Network, the network that brings inspiration and education to startups and entrepreneurs around the globe. Tune in again next week and every Friday starting at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Listen, learn, and get shit done. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.